Good morning and welcome to chapel. We're glad you're here. Oh, I was a little weak. <laughs> Honestly. There we go. Thanks. So, this past week, things in need of our prayers. A boat fire in the Channel Islands Harbor area. Another shooting, Hurricane Dorian bringing with it its level of destructiveness. All these and more in need of our focus and our prayers. So I invite you over the course of your week uh, to pray sincerely for all that are affected by these uh, hard places. Add to that list of prayers, we are back in session full strength. And with it comes a whole bunch of luggage. Hmm? So, students, be gentle with yourself as you unpack your luggage in this place. You are not alone in unpacking your luggage. There are faculty and staff here among us who are willing and ready to listen to what it sounds like when struggles come. Faculty and staff, as that happens, know that we bring our luggage as well. And to be able to unpack that amongst our peers is an important step in creating a durable and lively community. So I want to encourage uh, lots of visiting with each other this semester. Thank you, Maya, for bringing music with you today. Awesome. I heard you rehearse. You'll love it. David, for reading. Thank you. Brothers John and Roberto are with us today who will assist us in uh, uh, leading worship this morning. I want to invite all of you to show these folks that are assisting a little extra love and welcome into this community uh, this morning. Come and worship, people of God. Let's celebrate with songs of praise. Let's celebrate with the listening of the word. For our God, the Most High, loves us and is here with us, sovereign over all the earth. Let's worship God together. Amen. Holy God, your power fills the universe with light and love. Your tender hand caresses those who are suffering and wounded. You welcome strangers and care for the lonely. We are awed by the amazing extent of your compassion. Meet us where we are. Speak to us in ways that we understand. Come to us, O God, in our time of worship. Still our hearts and minds. Renew our spirits and fill us with the life that only you can offer. Amen. Today's reading is from the book of Joshua, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and spent the night there. The king of Jericho was told, Some Israelites have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, 
Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come only to search out the whole land. But the woman took the two men and hid them. Then she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And when, when it was time to close the gate at dark, the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you can overtake them. She had, however, brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men pursued them on the way to the on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before they went to sleep, Rahab came up to, the, came up to them onto the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that dread of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord your God is indeed God in heaven, above and on earth below. Now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, swear to me by the Lord that you in turn will deal kindly with my family. Give me a sign of good faith, that you will spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and del deliver our lives from death. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Good morning. What I'm about to share with you is something really personal, but I felt like I should. And that is, I'm always scared and nervous when I preach. It's taken me a long time to get somewhat comfortable up here, which is why I volunteered to go first this semester. This is a problem because it's kind of what I do for a living. Yeah, and in fact, to add insult to injury, I also ended up coming down with a case of laryngitis last week, which left me kind of squeaky. So if you hear that in my voice, that is why. That being said, I'm actually really grateful for the times of silence, the times where I felt like I didn't have a voice and I literally had no voice and the times that I've been reminded that I do. Because you see, I have been hurt. I have been hurt by words and actions of many people in my life. People who have made me believe that my voice didn't matter. And unfortunately, it has caused me to question whether I could trust God or I could trust myself. And I found this kind of thinking to be very limiting to who I believe God is and who I believe myself to be. And that's a really painful place to be. Has this ever happened to you? Where you feel like you're questioning what you're even doing. It's terrible. And yet, it's something I'm familiar with. Because as a woman of color and a clergy woman in a denomination that is predominantly led by Caucasian men, I've been told that I have not got the capacity to teach men. I've been told I don't have the right to speak from the pulpit and that I should get over it when people put me in a box because of my race or my gender. And you know what? I've believed them. And often I have been very silent and it has taken years of meditation, of prayer, intentional study and practice to help me feel like I can voice my thoughts about myself, about community, and about God. 
and sometimes I still get negative feedback. And sometimes I get that feedback from myself. So I have to work really hard against negative self-talk. As a pastor, a woman, and a mother, I strive to find others and help them find their own voice, to be unashamed and courageous. I want that for myself, and I want that for you. So, I have two teenage daughters and a son who is about to turn double digits next week. If you haven't met them, you will, because they are very friendly. I think a lot of you can attest to that, and they're super excited about new students, and they're super excited to see their old students return and tell them all about the summer. So get ready for their stories. But there's something that's been happening in our house all summer, something that has been very exciting, and maybe some of you all can relate to this, because a song by one of our favorite artists, Lizzo's Truth Hurts, hit number one on the charts this week. All right, now I'm a huge Lizzo fan, and we even follow her Instagram flute, you know, on her Instagram, yeah, that's great. If you haven't heard her album, well, you're really missing out, but I have to warn you, it's not for everyone. It's got a lot of colorful language in it, and so if it offends you, don't listen, okay? But if you're able to listen past that, you're gonna hear what my family, my kids call gospel. It's gospel because she is delivering some good news. Music, her music is an anthem to women, especially women with bodies that are not mainstream. Voluptuous black and brown women and her songs are about not allowing others to limit us. It is a cry to remember who we are, who God has made us to be, and to rise up and display it proudly to the world. We should all feel good about ourselves because that's how God made us to be. So one of my current personal mantras this summer comes from Lizzo's lyrics. Yes, I meditate on these. I found myself looking in the mirror when I'm feeling really low, and singing this, and you can join in in the line if you know her song, from her album, or from her song, Good As Hell. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Good as hell. Hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Good as hell. So yes, there's a little cussing. And yes, I listen to it with my kids. I figure they're gonna hear cussing in the world regardless of these songs. I think some of you guys have too. Um, and they're, but these songs are enveloped in truth and positivity and they remind them of who they are and they're empowering. Why am I sharing this with you? Okay, I'm not trying to sell her album, all right? It just hit number one, she doesn't need my help. Um, I thought about Lizzo as I was writing this sermon because she's a woman of color She's a self-described big girl. Her dance crew is made up of all big women of color, big beautiful women, and they call themselves the big girls with R's, only R's. Lizzo is addressing society's voice of oppression, society's biases and judgments, and she's considered unlikely by society's standards. Yet her music teaches us about our place in the kingdom of God, and that is the gospel. Acceptance and love. She is bold in her music and in her voice. 
She's unashamed and courageous, and that, to me, is the definition of limitless. This morning, we have heard the story of a prostitute, a woman who was limited by her society and herself. She's told she's worthless and only able to provide for herself in a certain way, when suddenly she sees an opportunity, and it's an opportunity for change. It's going to take everything inside of her to see herself as God sees her and not to limit herself because of circumstance. She's called to be unashamed and courageous, and she rises. The story of Rahab has always fascinated me. Okay, so I want to bring you up to speed by setting the scene, because you see the Israelites have escaped from slavery in Egypt, and they have been wandering the desert for 40 years, a place where God has provided, sheltered, and protected them, and now it's time to enter the promised land. Moses has passed away, and now Joshua is their new leader, who is in control, and he decides to send in some spies to scope out the land and to see how they're going to occupy the land of promise. Rahab is a prostitute in Jericho, where they're about to occupy. As a prostitute, she lived on the edge of society and is rejected by the general population. So her house is actually built into the city wall, where she could provide lodging and favors to travelers. It's a natural place for the Israelite spies to stay, especially when they're trying to hide, because they're going to be mistaken for Rahab's customers. All right, so I mentioned it's been 40 years. Now, the stories of the Israelites have been circulating for a really long time, and the surrounding nations and lands have seen God's love and provision for the Jewish nation. They have seen how their numbers have grown and how in spite of circumstances in the desert, they have flourished. And now it's become evident that they're about to invade. Can you put yourself in Rahab's place? Living on the wall. I believe Rahab may have felt especially vulnerable. While she may have shared all of the fear and anxiety that Jericho was feeling, she takes a moment to assess the circumstances and she makes a choice. She is unashamed and courageous. She chooses to follow a limitless God. Sure, she's a prostitute, but if the God of Israel can do these things, the things that she has been rumored about, the miracles in Egypt and in the desert, then maybe, just maybe, God would extend grace to her. So Rahab uses her voice. She turns to God for her salvation. Her faith gives her courage, and she hides the spies from those who are going to seek to do them harm. Rahab knows it's dangerous. She could be killed if she's caught harboring the Israelites. But Rahab takes the risk. Why? I believe it's because she sensed that the Israelites relied on a God that was worth trusting. A God who saw her worth. A God who was unashamed of her. A, limited God, a limitless God who would meet her. And so she trusts. And she's courageous. 
Rahab makes a choice. She trusts herself and she trusts God. And despite how others see her, she addresses society's voice of oppression, society's biases and judgments. Now, Rahab is considered unlikely by all of society's standards, yet it doesn't stop her. She doesn't allow these limitations to affect her faith in God's ability to deliver. She holds on to the stories, those things that she has heard about this God, the one who delivered God's people from slavery, from the desert, and from starvation, and she holds on to a God that can transform her story, one that has no limitations. Trust. That's the kind of trust that I want and need. Don't you? Now, most of us are going to face dilemmas at one time or another where we may feel like there's no perfect solution to our problems. We may believe that we're incapable of doing a task, a task that we've been called to do by God. We may receive messages from others that affirm that belief. But those beliefs are lies. Those messages are lies, and those voices are not from God. What is from God is the life that we've been given, our stories, how we use our stories and our identities to proclaim the affirming, radical, life-giving message of grace. So in hearing these stories of Rahab and Lizzo, I am reminded as a clergywoman of color in the ELCA that I matter because Rahab doesn't hide away from her being a prostitute. Lizzo doesn't try to make herself smaller, quieter, or less bold. They use what they already are, who God has crafted them to be, to live a limitless life. And that, that should have us feeling well, good as hell. Right? Amen. Holy God, you called us, you call us beloved, and you love us with fiercenessness. That is one of once unsettling and comforting. May your divine love dwell within us and be enacted through us. So no matter what language we speak, love will dance with each word we say. When you call us to stand up for justice, love will be the power that drives our actions. When we seek knowledge, love will compel us beyond idle curiosity, all the way to truth. When we offer our prayers in faith, love for you will fill our hearts with peace. When we give of ourselves and our possessions, love for you and people will shine about love 
for worthy things. Thank you, God, for the gift of love. And empower us to walk the path love opens for us. Amen. As we take our praise and prayer from this place into our daily lives, may our lives be sustained through love and through love of God. May we feel the presence of God walking beside us and know the power of the, spo the Spirit in both our actions and in our words. I invite you to share a sign of God's peace with those all around you.